This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It is Thursday, June 2nd, and we are here answering your financial questions. And, you know, Mark, I'm getting a lot happier not answering questions about markets since everything has been topsy-turvy. So um, I like answering the real life questions probably more than the market questions. I'm not saying I won't answer a market question, but we can't really do much about that. But what we can do is help guide you and help you figure out what the next best financial step is for you based on you. Nothing else, not necessarily the markets, but just what's going on. Today, we are joined by Justin in New Jersey. Hello, Justin. How can we help you out? Hi, Jill. Hi, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. I have a couple questions about how to go about looking at living arrangements, possibly purchasing an apartment, condo, co-op kind of a deal in preferably New York City or like the immediate surrounding area. And what exactly can I afford? Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I'm 28 years old. I'm a single guy. I am a professional performer and I travel around a lot. So space is not a super huge concern. I mean, like I, I want enough space to exist, but I don't need to be living in some like mega massive penthouse or anything. Not that I think I could afford that anyway. So the the pandemic has not been so great for the income for anyone in live events. So the last two years have been kind of touch and go. So it's really hard for me to get a sense as to what I can afford. I have been listening to your show on and off a little bit over the past couple months. I know you love mortgages, especially when the rates are low. They're not as low as they once were. And a couple people in my life, my accountant, my, my manager, my career both said, my parents as well said, you're young, you should take on debt, you should, you should borrow a little bit of money and maybe keep some of your savings that you have invested for the future because they might be able to do better that way since you have a long time horizon. So I was curious what your thoughts are regarding that. When you say, you know, you're a performer and you had a hit to your earnings, what do you expect to make now that we've recovered from the a lot of the live performance performing is going on. What do you think you'll earn this year? What's your guesstimate? I would probably guess in like the mid to high five figures was the trajectory, like, like 80, 90,000. Hopefully that's where I was before the pandemic. And I'm still at the beginning of my career, pretty young in this business that I'm in. So the potential is there to earn quite a bit more in the future. It's just a question of when that will be. And so I'm not going to predict that per se, but I would like to 
pretty safely assume maybe 80 to 90,000. And then I have some investment income, like dividends and stuff like that. It, it added up to quite a lot this year because of the, the capital gains from the phenomenal market last year. But I can't I can't bank on like a $37,000 capital gain every no. year for my funds. Yeah. No. And did you did you use that money to live on the money from the capital gains? No, I reinvested it. I, I made some money this year. I got some unemployment, not as much as I deserve. But my income this past year, despite it being a bad year, was over a hundred thousand, all all told. So, like you know, including that thirty-seven thousand of capital gains. So it's not like it. The bottom totally fell out. Just the income from the the business. My my ten ninety-nine stuff was a little low. Okay, and do you live where now? Are you renting? I rent for free. I live with family at home okay. in New Jersey. So okay. life is not too bad. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And so on the 80 or 90,000, are you putting money into a retirement account? Yes. I max out my SEP IRA every year and I put the max into my Roth IRA that I put wow. six, 6,000. So I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty frugal. <laughs> I, I spend pretty little money. I don't have rent. I don't need to own a car because of where where I'm located and I travel so much by plane, it's okay. Health insurance is the big expense as a self-employed person, but there's no getting around that. Oh, wow. How much money is in your SEP IRA right now? Right now it's at 11,000. Mm-hmm. And what about the Roth? 102. Wow. Thousand. Yeah. That's good. You're only 28. And what about other money that you have like savings account? So I, I have, 35,000 in Ally Bank and then another like 33,000 in my checking account. This is just my money comes in from the gigs. I put it there. I have to set aside a little bit of it for taxes. You said you had a, you reinvested. Do you have a, a brokerage, a, just a general brokerage account as well? Yes. Yeah. That, that has $329,000 in it. How does it have so much money in it? Because the market did really well. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I mean, that's and, a lot and, of money. And, and also, I, I've been living at home a little bit before the pandemic as well. In fact, I was really looking into moving out right as the pandemic was hitting, just because that, that was the time in my life where I felt like, okay, my career is on a trajectory, and I will probably make at least a minimum standard of living, plus probably grow grow it into the future. But then pandemic hit, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just put this on hold. Lucky to be home with family. And then we saw the stock market go kind of ballistic. <laughs> Not immediately, but like pretty soon after, I was like, oh my goodness, this is really crazy. And maybe I should start thinking about looking around for places to live. If you were going to, have you looked at all just in terms of like, if you said, I want to get a studio in the place that I'd want to live, do you know what that would cost right now? Well, well, first of all, Jill, I'd probably like a one bedroom just because I've, I'd like some workspace and some sure. sleeping space. Yeah. So like that, that was one little thing that I thought, okay, studio is great. It might save a little money, but I just need a little more space just to feel, you know, like civilized since I do a lot of work from home practicing and whatnot. So, so a small one bedroom would be okay for me. I found some interesting looking one in Jersey city, actually very close to the river. It was in like the mid 400 thousands. It was next to a light rail though. So I didn't really want to live on top of that noise. So I didn't really bite that one, but I mean, I don't know. Manhattan is so expensive, especially the parts 
lower down where all the fun is. So I, oh, I don't so know. You, yeah. So where would you, Mark, how much can we get? Uh, find uh, Justin a one-bedroom apartment south of 14th Street. And what do we have to pay for that? Oh, yeah, right. You can buy, you could get, that's true. That's where all the kids go. I mean, that's where. Right. Well, that's, that's go. my demographic. Correct. What's the, Mur- what's Murray Hill? Is that 500 grand? All right. Now here's the big question. Would you sell out your brokerage account and use a bunch of that money as a large down payment to defray the amount that you'd have to put down for for a mortgage and, you know, that would help defray the costs of the carrying. Because obviously, if you buy either buy a co-op or a condo, you've got fees. So even if we have a $500,000 apartment, right, you still have to put like 100 down at the very least. Maybe it's going to be 150 and then you're going to have carrying costs. So, you know, how do you feel about blowing out the brokerage account, paying that whatever taxes do and, and using all that money up to buy a place? What's your feeling about that? That was actually kind of my original feeling when I first started poking around this one. The market was even higher and I had a lot more money in that brokerage account, but my accountant got very mad at me. Oh, dear. She said, you have so much unrealized gain in this account and you will pay tens of thousands of dollars in income tax that you don't need to pay and just take your time and put down less, maybe put down less and take out a bigger mortgage and this, that. So it's interesting that you have a different perspective. Well, I mean, I want to look at all different aspects of this, you know, I mean, I don't know what what she's all freaked out about. I mean, you're in the 15% capital gains rate. You're a single guy. You make less than $200,000. So to me, you're paying a 15% capital gain. How much worse is it going to get? I mean, it's only going to, if you, as you make more money, the capital gain is more. Now, look, in my, you know, heart of hearts, do I think that you should just do this? I just want to see if that's, if that's really important to you, you have to be willing to blow out a big big chunk of this account. And now you have to actually finance a mortgage. Angie's list is now Angie. And we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I would much prefer, not so much that you live at home, but like, so what would it cost for you to rent something? Why Why are we moving? Why are we buying right this second? Mortgage rates have popped. If your parents would really want you to buy something and they want to help out, that's fine. But I mean, I don't see why you would have to, like mortgage rates, 30-year rates are over 5%. It's okay. But like, do we have to do this right now? You're a guy who's sort of itinerant. You know, isn't right, it, isn't right, it a right. beautiful thing to have like a nice rental? How much would it cost you to rent a small one bedroom in New York? Three grand a month? Probably. That's what I seem to see. Do you think that's a lot though of like outflow every month given my income? I mean, I, ideally, and I imagine I'll be earning more in the future and then three, three grand might not seem too bad. But for now, is that ridiculous? Is that kind of um, wasteful, I mean, but it's lavish? Not like, oh, how much... 
how much do we really, it's, is it lavish? No, it's not lavish, but <laughs> it's, um, you know, if you're making 120 grand or so, then that's your 30% on housing in New York city is not bad. Look, is it, is it bad to live home right now? Do you, I mean, you, you travel a lot, so you're not even right, there no, so it's, much. And, and it's, it's not terrible living home. This is why I'm kind of like one foot in one foot out in terms of this decision at all. I'm like, you know, it's a, I, I get along with my parents. Life is good. It's a convenient location. I have space. If you look at a, not this second, but if you look like in a, in a year where maybe 2023, how many days a month are you traveling? Ideally, probably most of September through November and January through May, as in like more than half of those days. And then July, August, half. Yeah, it's like, it's a lot. It can be a lot. And then if I'm traveling that much, we're talking an income of multiple six figures. Like, All right. So here's what I think. I think we should put this idea on ice right now. This is what I think you should do. I think you take a deep breath. You're going to say, let me just keep piling money up. You might even want to look at that brokerage account and see if you want to harvest some gains if you wanted to or not and reallocate it. Like you are in a, you know, you are in the 15% capital gains rate. So don't be afraid of doing some tax maneuvers if you want to reallocate. Don't be so afraid of paying capital gains. Accountants are so dopey sometimes about this. It's like it's like you're in the 15% bracket. Where is it going? It's not going to be zero. But that said, I think living at home, say to your parents, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like stockpile cash like crazy. Let me see how the market moves in the next six to 12 months, because we are in an interesting moment in the real estate market. You know, mortgage rates have basically almost doubled uh, since the lows. Uh, We don't know how that's really going to impact inventory. We don't really understand the flow of what's the post-pandemic in New York City. There are certain neighborhoods that are popping up, but there are other neighborhoods where it's okay. And so let's, why don't we just wait and see? And frankly, wouldn't it be better for you to have all this cash ready? And then if we were to go into a recession and rents were to drop down a little bit, then you could say like, oh, you know what? I'll sign a lease right now for this, or maybe the apartment that you found for 600,000, it's 600,000, but now mortgage rates are, you know, 4%, not five and change. You know, I think you'll have a lot more information. And since you're traveling so much over the next six or 12 months, six to nine months anyway, I say settle in, stockpile the cash, and let's look at the market when you get back from all that stuff. And it is a path of least resistance. And I think what you can say to your parents is I'm being completely responsible right? You are. And I'm just going to, I'm going to take this opportunity that let's see where the dust settles with the market. And I think that that makes sense. Nice. I think that makes total sense too. And I think to clarify, my parents are totally fine with me living at home. It's more, I just want to have a little more space and spread my wings. But I think, I think it's really the, the smart thing to do is to wait. And since so much in my life is in flux, it's nice to have some stability and kind of knowledge that there, there's something I can rely on while the, the career is a little crazy coming back and the world is obviously a little crazy right now with all of all which is going on. So I, th- I, I think that that makes a lot, a lot of sense. And then we'll be able to see. So, so in the meantime, I should just, as the money comes in from gigs coming back, just stockpile and cash and add to Ally Bank and sit yep. tight and that, that's and, it. And, basically. and you can also invest. I mean, there's no reason why you can't put money in that brokerage account. I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. But I think you're going to be okay. And I like the idea. I really do like the idea of you, you know, just sort of like, all right, let me breathe here. It's been a really rotten couple of years. Get back on your feet. You've got plenty of money. I mean, for someone who's young 
and in a career that's where there's it's so variable, I think you're doing a great job. I really do. I think you've done an amazing job and you've got a bunch of money and you know I'm I'm fine with this and and you know markets are in turmoil if we go into a protracted bear market not just a regular old bear market hey you know what you're going to be happy not to have be on the hook for a big mortgage at that time you're going to be happy to just kind of like let's just let things roll like i said we're going to have a lot more information in the next 6 or 9 months and aunt jill says chill Okay. I like Aunt Jill. Thanks so, so much. This is really helpful. Thank you. And thanks so much for um, giving us a shout. We really appreciate it. If you like Justin and by the way, Lois and Clark earlier this week, have a real estate question, have a question about how to maybe think about deploying the money you have saved, money that's in the market. Is there some big decision looming? Are you is it a is it a self-imposed deadline you've created? Maybe we can take you off the hook. All you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, let us know if you want to come on the air. Mark does everything else. Now, when you're on the website, you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter. You can check out our other podcast, which is called Jill on Money. You can subscribe to that wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also check out the blogs that I write and my TV stuff in the video section and the resources section, which we do very much love. If you've got a suggestion for the resource section, let us know. All right. So this is the I Am Money show, which is distributed by CBS. Mark Delaire here is the co-host and executive producer. We drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. We would like to remind you to try to lift someone up today. It will make that person feel good and it will make you feel good. We promise. Okay. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Curiosity, compassion, community. If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.